What does the Bible say about giving to the poor and needy? And do we as Christians have a responsibility to help them? Today, five biblical things the Bible says about giving and five places to give. Hi, this is Robert Furrow and welcome to Hot Topics. If you're new here, consider liking, subscribing, sharing, ringing the bell so that you can get all of our new content. The comment section is open below. We would love to hear from you. Jesus said, the poor you will have with you always. And I believe that we have a responsibility to help them. But listen to what the Bible says about us giving and how God works in our lives when we are generous. First of all, I find that Christians want to help those who are poor and needy. Genuine Christians want to help. It's just something God has put inside of us. In Matthew 25, 31 through 36, Jesus divides the sheep and the goats. And he says to the sheep, I was naked. I was hungry, I was thirsty, I was sick, and I was in prison, and you did all of those things for me. And he tells those who are the goats, you didn't help me. Then he says, when you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. So the dividing of the sheep and the goats is all about what they did, which brings up the question for us, is salvation by faith or is it by works? And the answer to that is, biblically, it's by faith. We're not saved by works, but by grace. But we show our faith by our works, which is what James said. James said, show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. So when we come to Christ, we are transformed. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. He changes us. First of all, our spirit is brought to life. Jesus said that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And when you become a Christian, you are born again and your spirit, which was dormant, suddenly is alive. And you suddenly want to know about God. You want to do the things that God told you to do. You want to be used by him. And one of the things that you want to do when you're transformed is to help those who are struggling I found that if you ever fundraise for a needy family, that the body is so willing to step up. There's all kinds of other things you may talk about. When it, when it comes to really helping someone who's in need, I find that every genuine Christian really wants to help them. It's just something God has put inside of us. And when you talk about our responsibility of giving to the poor and needy, it's more likely that we would be convicted that we're not doing enough but not in a negative sense, but a desire to actually do more. The second thing the Bible teaches us about giving is that motives matter. When I was young, in my teens, I heard a television evangelist, and this is going to shock you, he was raising money. And he said, the, the reason you give doesn't matter as long as you give. And I knew even then, I'd only been a Christian a few years, but I knew all that matters is your motives. If you give and your motives aren't right, then it doesn't matter. That's what matters. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 6, verses 3 and 4. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Yes, we want to help people, but we don't want to do it for the wrong motives. We want to do it because God told us to do it. We want to do it because we love people. We don't want to do it to be seen by people. 
And in the day of social media, when people help other people, they'll post something about it. And I'll just say, stay as far away from that as you possibly can. It's violating exactly what Jesus is saying. When you give, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing and let God reward you. The God who sees you in secret will reward you openly. What an incredible promise. The third thing the Bible says is that we are supposed to give to the poor and needy. There are several passages we could go to, but I just want to read a few. The first one is James 2, 15 and 16. It says, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which they need for the body, what does it profit? In other words, we just can't give platitudes. And here we see that it's about people who are in front of you. You see someone that's in need. There's a responsibility that we have to help them. Listen to what it says in James 1.27. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted by the world. One more, and this one comes from Leviticus. Leviticus 25.35 says, if one of your brethren becomes poor and falls into poverty among you, then you shall help him like a stranger or a sojourner that he may live with you. That is that you reach out and help. This was all the way back in the times of the law. And there were a lot of passages that talked about giving to the needy. You were responsible for people sojourning through. You were responsible for helping someone get to another place and helping those who were suddenly impoverished. Now, the fourth thing the Bible does about giving is to encourage generosity. God encourages us to be generous. He gives us promises that if we give, he's going to give back to us. And some people have used that to appeal to people's greed. The more you give, the more you're going to get. But God did it to appeal to our generosity that we would know it's okay to give because God's going to take care of us. Listen to what it says in Luke 6, 38. Jesus says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. I don't believe it's talking about cash there. It's not talking about money. It's saying when we give, God gives back to us and what we have is in abundance. The same thing is true with 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 7. Listen to what it says. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. The great thing about this passage is that Paul is raising money from the Gentile churches to go back and to help the impoverished Jerusalem church. They were impoverished because they had lost their jobs because they had become Christians. They were kicked out of the temple. There were a lot of things that they couldn't do. And so Paul is taking up an offering to be able to come alongside of them and help them. And here he says, if you give a little bit, you'll get a little back. You give a lot, you'll get a lot back. Again, this is God just saying, it's okay to be generous. And when you are, I will take care of you. People will say, it's like the Bible says, you can't outgive God. Uh, the Bible never says that. But I think the principle is truly there. Now, along those same lines, the fifth thing that the Bible says is that God moves in our lives based on whether or not we've had compassion and how we give. Just a few passages. Listen to Proverbs 21, 13. 
Whoever shuts his ears to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be heard. This is taught throughout the entire word of God. When we are merciful, God's merciful to us. The way we judge, we're going to be judged. When we forgive, we are going to be forgiven. And here, when we see someone crying out for help, then it says that we will be heard when we cry out for help. And if we don't, then we will not be heard. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 14, 31. He who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors him has mercy on the needy. Listen to what the Bible says about the city of Sodom and why it was destroyed. This is Ezekiel 16, 49 and 50. Look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. She and her daughter had pride, fullness of food, and abundance of idleness. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy, and they were haughty and committed abominations before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw fit. God gives us abundance, and we are supposed to help those that are struggling. And may we have opportunities to be able to come alongside and help them that we would not be like the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. One more, and that's Proverbs 19:17, which says, He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. So let's talk for a moment about places that we can give. And I've got five of them. First of all is to look around you. God is going to bring people your way that have needs, that you are going to be able to help. And when you see that happen, look for opportunities to help them. It might be someone on a corner that's got a will work for food sign. I believe that you should seek God and be led by the Spirit. But I think that our the place that we start from, our preset, should be generosity. And if that person is looking for help for food or the ability to get to another place, they're trying to travel from one place to another, then and, and we end up judging them, they're doing this, they're making more money than I am, or, or they're, uh, they're going to go buy alcohol with this. The Bible says that as we judge, we will be judged, and we don't know whether those things are true. So I just encourage you, today we live in a day where a lot of us don't carry cash, but it would be good to put some cash in the car that when you feel like you want to help someone, you're able to open up and help them. Also, look around you for friends, people in your community. When something arises and there's a special need with a part of your community in your town, then look around you as how you can come alongside and help them. Look for the gospel rescue mission in your city. Look for the crisis pregnancy center in your city. Look for the Salvation Army in your city that you would be able to come along and give something to the city that you live in. I believe that we are responsible for that, and I think that God will honor you when you do it. Now, as far as larger groups that give to the poor that have a great track record, I think, first of all, the Salvation Army in large. They do a great work of feeding the hungry in local places. And when you give to them as an organization, the majority of what they do goes to those in need. They do have infrastructure, and, and every organization is going to have something to make sure they have good, effective infrastructure. You want to make sure that's not out of whack. Sometimes places that, that help the needy will take 40 and 50, 60% of what's given for them, and that's a problem. The Salvation Army is not like that. You can trust them, and so they have the, the national organization that you can give to. Another one is Samaritan's Purse, and I love this one 
because when you go to the webpage of Samaritan's Purse, you can, through their drop-down menu, find different places that you can give to. You can give to Haiti, you can give to Venezuela, you can give to Syria and, um, and the immigrants that are in Syria. Uh, you can give water. The, Jesus talked about if you give a glass of water in my name, you can help them to, to dig wells. There's something like 600 million people around the world today that don't have clean water. And Samaritan's Purse is doing everything they can to help that. Also, crisis relief. They're great at a lot of things they do. And I think that you would be blessed by giving to them. There's Compassion International. They sponsor children. They have 1.8 million children that are sponsored today. And again, all of their giving is transparent. So you know that the money that you're giving to help this child, the majority of it goes to that child. I also love that you can write letters to them and they can write letters to you. So you actually have that child who's getting your help and connect with them. That's something that's very personal and very powerful. Also, World Compassion can be a great place to give. They do all kinds of things. I was reading earlier today about how they were coming into Afghanistan and really being able to minister there and doing it efficiently and effectively. And anytime we see something happening and people suffering, it's good for us to reach out and look for ways that we can give. Now, just a couple more things. First of all, determine what you're going to give. You get to decide. There's no set amount for how you can help. And be generous. Look to be generous as you take a look at your budget and what you can give and determine it and give it with joy and know that you are helping someone that has a need and make sure to look around you, not just to give through these larger organizations and think you're okay, but look around you. Allow God to bring someone in need and reach out and help them without receiving anything back, even a tax break, because you want to help someone who is struggling. God bless you. We'll see you next time on Hot Topics.